I have a question for you. What is your favorite Arnold carrying a big inanimate object? The steel girder in The Running Man or the tree he cut down in Commando? Commando! Commando. He's wearing the white tank top, Alyssa Milano's spraying ice cream on his face. (laughs) Best best dad ever. (laughs) This is probably my favorite fact. Okay. One of my all-time favorite shows that I would watch religiously on the weekend as an 80s and 90s kid was the show American Gladiators. It was so awesome. Wait, is this based on is that based on this? American Gladiators is 100% based on The Running Man. No way. They, this movie came out and they said we're going to make a show called American Gladiators based on The Running Man. That's so cool. It's wild. My middle school gym teacher was an American Gladiator. You're a liar. Sky. Shut up. Miss Chemelinski. Can we get her on the show? I'll see if she's alive. She probably did a lot of steroids. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, I might be a running man, but there's one thing I can't run from, and that's a bad mortgage. Sure you can. Sonic Loans can help you out with they it, can, right? Yeah. You can't run from a bad one. And Are they like the treadmill that helps you run? Is this the best you've got? Yeah, it is. God bless America. <laughs> Sonic Loans is your one-stop shop for all of your loan needs. If you need a brand new one, if you need to refi, go to Sonic Loans. Charlie and his team are going to make sure that you have the best experience. You can't even believe how good of an experience it's going to be. They're going to make sure that they pass the savings on to you by taking smaller margins on their sales. Sonic Loans is the place to go if you are in the hunt for not Red October Max, but for a new loan. Reach out to Charlie and team. Let them know that Buzz in the Tower sent you and uh, enjoy what will be a wonderful experience. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. 
The Running Man has a lot of legal issues. You need a lot of lawyers for this. A ton, right? Um, number one, don't ever sign a contract in duress and then jab the pen into someone's back. Well, no, if you are duress, you should do that. And du- then you duress? Should, you're yeah. under, dead or alive, <laughs> you're under duress. If you need someone who is aggressive and efficient and will make sure that you're not uh, dying at the hands of Budsaw or Dynamo. Then you got to call Captain Freedom and yes, get his workout plan. Yes, absolutely. That's Ian's other name. That's his code name. That's the ticket. It's Ron Pain. Mexico. Ron Mexico. Mexico. Uh, Ian and his team are aggressive. They're efficient. Like I said, they are the best attorneys you can find and have in your corner. Bird law, game, game show, show law. law. There Jinx. you go. You Coke. Oh, God. Reach out to them today and get ready to have the best legal experience that you have ever had. Today's episode, The Running Man. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state divided into paramilitary zones rules with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state, and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high-tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we're going to talk about the 1987 masterpiece, The Running Man. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Killian to my Ben Richards, Max Sanders. And with that, I know real talent when I see it, Mo. I just hate to see you get canceled tonight when you could go the distance. Say the word, Mo, and you can be the one doing the stalking. What do you think? You cold-blooded bastard, and I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. It took you three seconds, huh? Yeah. I (laughs) happen to enjoy that particular quote. I feel like if you got one tattoo, it would be that. It's a long tattoo. Can you just with Arnold with a camera and all? I think his face is so goofy. I think I would just do because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your goddamn spine. What makes you so happy about it? There's something (laughs) incredibly tough about that statement. Yeah. The idea that he's not only going to take something and force it down your mouth (laughs) into your stomach, but then when he's done and his hands in there, break your spine. And it's like poetry too. It's Schwarzenegger is best. Is it the longest monologue that Arnold's ever had? Absolutely not. What is? Kram. Oh yeah, the- I have no, I have no patience for you. <laughs> but today, I say to hell with you. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, like four words. Uh, f- fine. I, what, you want me to go with another one? What? Ask me what's best in life. Oh yeah, well, crush that- enemies. <laughs> Lamentation of the Milk. lactose. They're lamentating. Yeah. Max, welcome to the show. Hello. I, uh, I'm excited to be here because we're talking about a little movie called The Running Man. Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. About Ben and yeah. Maria? Mm, no, Amber. <laughs> yeah. Is it right? Amber? I don't know. <laughs> little little story. About Ben. <laughs> and your spine. <laughs> Two Ar- American kids <laughs> running as fast as you can. Has Arnold ever done a song? I God, I hope. Yakety yak, don't talk back. Doesn't he sing that on the in twins? Yeah. Take out the papers and the trash, (laughs) or you don't get no spending cash. (laughs) He should have an album. I mean, look, if Arnold's best hits, if Eddie Murphy can sing, I like to party all the time. Can he? 
I don't know. Rick Ken. James seemed pretty into it. Yeah, I mean, he was into a lot of stuff. What the five fingers say to the hand? <laughs> slap, slap. <laughs> or to the face, I screwed it up to the hand. It's enough. It's close. Max, welcome to the show. If this is your first time to buzz in the tower, don't forget you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or whatever your favorite podcast player is. You can follow us. You can subscribe, and you can leave the all important holy grail five stars in a review. We are twenty five hundred deep. And we are, we're we're 2,500 more to go. We're five stars. We're five when, star men. When we get to 5,000 reviews, I let Max's kitten out of the cage. What kitten? Meow. What? <sighs> I don't know what that means. You will when you get to 5,000 reviews. Are you not feeding a cat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that was so funny to me. I don't know why. It's not that funny. It was funny because the way you said it with sincerity. Are you not feeding a cat? Well, I thought of we were American Dad. who's was like, finally, fine, I'll get you that kitty that uh, you've always wanted. It's like, oh, yeah, cats need food. God, I have not watched American Dad forever. Oh, it's so good. In addition to leaving that five-star review so the cat gets fed, I want to remind you that if you want more content like you're getting right now, head on over to any social media platform. If it's out there, Max is on Grinder. He's got a wonderful profile <laughs> <Do> set up. <laughs> sure. What's the most gr- uh, cruising, I guess, would be the most Grinder perfect, movie. Perfect. Go to social media. <laughs> at Buzz in the Tower is our handle. Check it out. You're going to love it. We have an Elizabeth Shue uh, clip that's almost at 100 thousand views. TikTok, another yeah. the shoes done it for, and this time you spelt it right, so that's great. Uh, I think it, we all liked it the first time because I spelled it wrong. No, they didn't. In addition to that, <laughs> we got lots of complaints. In addition to that, if you want, if you want to go over to Patreon.com/slash Buzz in the Tower, you can really show us what you got. That's where that's where you earn your wings. If you want to represent yourself as a man or as a woman, as an American, give us a little bit of money, and we'll do whatever you want. Yeah, we're, we're kind of spineless like that because our spine was snapped. <laughs> I'll mow your lawn naked. Yeah, that's I'll mow your lawn naked. That's dangerous. Dot com backslash <laughs> Max Sanders backslash Buzz in the Tower. Semicolon. It's great. It's great. Uh, have I forgotten anything? My head's all over the place. Yeah, that's a lot. That's dude. a lot. We covered a lot. Today we're talking about The Running Man. And this is one of those movies that I put in the category of Roadhouse. What? It's a movie that I feel like if you've seen it, you're a part of a special cult. Oh, interesting. Because I don't know. There's a lot of people that love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know that everyone's seen The Running Man. It's it's yeah, no, obscure on his catalog, before, wouldn't you say? Before like, the internet and the memification, this was like a code word kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I totally agree. And he, I mean, when he ran for governor, this was his slogan, The Running Man. He's running. Right? I thought his name was Bus. Was it his slogan, I too? Know, something. I don't know. Yeah, you got he, a lot of facts on this movie, don't you, yeah. Max? You love your facts. Well, yeah. Knock the act. Don't talk, talk back. back. Well, I can't believe this wasn't a hit. So, like you said, it was kind of like a coded thing that you needed to know about because it only made thirty-eight million dollars on a twenty-seven million dollar budget, which for him at the time was Instead, chicken scratch. Yeah, and it came three months after Predator. Like, what the heck? Like, people love Predator. Yeah, well, was Predator a box office? Smash? Hundred mil- hundred million dollars. That's a smash. Yeah, I I always believe I've told you this before, which is why Predator is so incredible. It's not easy to create an amazing sci-fi movie. You know, you have Alien, which obviously crushed it, yep. but but sci-fi is so segmented. And I know, like, you would argue, and you have before, that Star Wars, but Star Wars is more fantasy. It's it's less sci-fi to John me. Carpenter movies, but I guess they become they, cults later. Right. And, yeah. and so, you know, that's a great example. Running Man feels like it's Carpenter-esque. It does. It's not low budget, but it feels a little bit low budget sometimes. Yeah. It's very gory. You know, lots of violence. And it's well done. Like, 
when the uh, when they go down like the roller coaster chute, you're like nauseous. You know, it dawned upon me that before we go any further, we should probably tell people what this movie's about. What do you say? Okay, fine. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're uh, we're dealing with post apocalyptic or dystopia. Yeah, but no, it's 2017 to 2019, so we beat it. Did we though? I uh, kind of feel like a lot of things in this movie are happening right if now. If it was post apocalyptic, yeah. If it was, if it was, po- no, if it was <laughs> say the word, say it. If post. If it was post. Post. Post apocalyptic. Say post. Post. Now say apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Now say poop and do. Poop and do. There you go. Uh, forgot your thought, didn't you? No. If this was like the end of days kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah. So you I'm, wouldn't survive. You're yeah, not built for that. I'm flourishing. I agree. I agree. In this movie. Basically, if you get in trouble, yep. you have an option. Yeah. Go to jail, or you can go on a game show called The Running Man, and essentially like Game of Thrones, uh, what's it called in the Game trial of Thrones? Trial by Combat. Trial by Combat. You, too, can have trial, trial by Trial by Wombat. Yeah. <laughs> you just have two Wombats <laughs> going at it. Amazing. <laughs> Those frisky little Wombats. Monkey knife fights. Uh, Remember that, the Simpsons? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's not a Wombat. That's a Wombat. Good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the body. <laughs> you make fun of Australians so much for some of Australians. Them. Yeah. Love them. That's why I can make those jokes because they're my favorite people in the world. You think you'll retire there? Yeah. Really? I think if I could. Earth or if, something? If any of my kids ever went there to study abroad, my butt would be there the whole time. They'd be so Just happy. Just your butt? Mm, probably. <laughs> I'd ship the rest. Piecemeal. So in this movie, one, once you make there. once you make the decision to be on the running man, and you, it can't just be any like criminal you gotta be it doesn't seem like you decide like well no some of the guys do if they're in enough trouble um so anyways uh with full control over the media the government attempts to quell the nation's yearning for freedom by broadcasting a number of game shows quell you you talking all fancy i like the word quell yeah on which convicted criminals fight for their lives the most popular and sadistic of these programs so this is interesting it implies that there's more than just the running man well there's the one there's the commercial no there's a commercial for the one with the dogs remember that guy's grabbing money that's right that's right doberman's are ripping apart so the running man is the coup d'etat if you will yeah so the running man hosted by damien killian when a peaceful protest of starving citizens gathers in bakersfield california that's when police officer ben richards who's in a chopper which is great because we like arnold in a chopper he's flying the chopper and they're telling him hey we need you to murder all these innocent people he's like i will not do that they're just hungry they need food Give them to Erkoegen. <laughs> he decides not to. He's jumped by the other six guys that are in the really chopper. dangerous. Very dangerous. And, of course, the government, because fake news, they take this and they spin it that he was, in fact, trying to kill all the people, which I should know he all did. the people were killed. Yeah. And that's how Schwarzenegger, Ben Richards, becomes the Butcher of Bakerfield. Good name. If you're selling sausage. Typically, no. other than that, not a great No, it's name. a great serial killer name. Uh, what's it called? Isn't Dexter the Butcher of Bay Harbor or something like yeah. that? Yeah. The Bay Harbor Butcher. Yeah. yeah. See? Butcher, butcher yeah, works. Butcher works. Butcher or, does work. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gangs of New York. Bill uh, the Butcher. Or the Swedish Chef. The Butcher of Muppet. <laughs> Did he kill other Muppets? Oh, he for sure killed other Muppets. Have you ever seen him cook? All those things are alive. He's like chasing Gonzo's chicken, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Camilla. She has a name. Show some respect. Yeah, she's chicken. Yeah, you're She's probably doing well right now. So, anyways, Ben Richards escapes from prison with two of his buddies. Does he he look like a Ben Richards? He does. (laughs) No, he doesn't. Benjamin Richards. (laughs) He looks like... And he should have a foreign He's name. good, dude. He's good. Ben. Big Ben. <laughs> he escapes from prison with two of his buddies. While escaping from prison, he goes to check up his brother, who he was at a plan, right? Get to my brother's house, get his travel pass, a little bit of money, get out of town. Who would you have as his brother? If you I am just trying to explain what okay. the movie's about. Dan DeVito. You moron. Twins. Let me finish what I'm doing. <laughs> His brother has been sent to reprogramming or whatever the hell it's called because he's been a Nazi monkey. And what we find in the house instead is Maria Conchita Alonso, who is now the new member of this apartment, who has between, by the way, 
Ben Richards' brother and Maria Conchito Alonso, who plays Amber Mendez. It is absolutely incredible to me that the code to their door is 445566. It is almost as dumb as the luggage combination for Spaceballs. One, two, three, four. Yeah, but would you type in four four five five six six? I would. It's the first thing I do. First thing I do. <laughs> no, you go one 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 one. No, that's way too many ones. Anyways, okay. He goes to the apartment, meets Amber. You're doing the whole plot. Like, let's get to the juice. I'm getting to the plot. Yeah, I'm getting there. He threatens her. Threatens her. Goes to Hawaii. Goes to the, no. They go to the tries airport. To. He's trapped by the government. Gonna break her neck. And that's when Killian gets a look at him and says, "I want this guy." He runs. I want like this a guy. Champ. He runs like a champ, even though that's not Arnold running. I know the stunt double. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. He's captured, he's forced to be on the game show, and of course, like all good Schwarzenegger films, he brings down the corrupt government, he brings down the corrupt game show, he works with his two buddies, because when Ben Richards decided to get out of town, his two friends decided to fight in the resistance. Yeah. Les resistance! He's not, he's not a believer. He's not. Yeah. He's there to he self, saw their face. self-preservation. Self-preservation. But now he's a believer. And that's it. Yeah. That's the movie. Although, I don't think they really change anything. They probably just like write this off. And make the video. Actually, they saw this live, but I, I don't, don't understand what you're saying. I don't think you're trailing. <laughs> Remember that time? That was cool. Uh, God, I hate you so much. <laughs> I don't think they really changed anything. They're just making out at the end. And I think the government's still intact, right? Maybe. Yeah. The next day, probably we didn't make that much of a yeah. difference. <laughs> Killian was dead. Yeah. You can't kill the guy from uh, Family Feud without there being repercussions. It's true. So, Max, that gives a quick summary of The Running Man. If you're not excited yet, I have to tell you, if you're listening to this episode, you've never seen The Running Man. That's kind of a bold move on your part, but I'm willing to accept that that's. You have this weird people. idea that people listen to pods about movies they haven't seen. I know. No one does that. No one does that. Good. <laughs> so I'm glad. It, message us if you do that. No, I dare please. you. Message Max. Yeah. Well, at, I, at I Max am Sanders. Buzzing the Tower. Social media. I am Buzzing the Tower. Easy, buddy. <laughs> My social security number is zero. <laughs> is one one two two three three four four five seven. That's great. So, as we always do, Max, we're going to talk about this movie kind of in three buckets. Bucket number one, we just did, I guess, which is the quick synopsis of what the film is all about. Bucket number two are fun facts, interesting things about it. Bucket number three are all the characters. I will note that I have a lot of obscure information about this movie I'm excited to share. I'm sure I have more than you, as I am at least two and a half times smarter than you are. That's not true. Three. Max, are we ready? Maybe. This movie was based on a Stephen King novel, but it was written by a guy named Richard Bachman. Why is that the case, Max? Tell me. It's a pseudonym. You got it. What would your pseudonym be if you were a writer? Brisket Moe. Now, come on, make it like real. It would be, what was uh, Vic, uh, Michael Vick's name when he I was- I already said that before. It's not funny now. Ron Mexico. <laughs> My pseudonym would be Ron Mexico. I'd be Leonardo de Marinera. That's a great name. <laughs> When the producers of this film went out and bought the rights to this novel, they had no idea that it was a Stephen King novel, which is hilarious, right? So, like, here's Stephen King bathing in his gold, like, Scrooge McDuck, and then he gets this book bought, too. I wonder if it costs more when they finally realize that, you know? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think they negotiated the book. They they uh, purchased it and then found out. I don't think they found out during the purchase. Oh, that's cool. I could be wrong. What a nice little thing. You, you think they would have advertised it that people would have known, you know? Because it still says an IMDb, Richard Bachman. You I think know. it would be like, Stephen King. No, you think Stephen King wants his name all over this particular movie? I would. It's better than maximum. <laughs> better than maximum overdrive. That's why you're not Stephen King, and yeah. Stephen King has strong feelings about maximum overdrive too. So this bad is movies. this is inspired the original novel, which apparently was much darker than The Running Man. That novel was inspired uh, by a Japanese game show called Trans American Ultra Quiz, where they basically torture contestants. Now, I don't think you've ever seen this. This is old school. I guess not too old, but somewhat old school Saturday Night Live. There's an amazing skit. 
Mike Myers is a, a Japanese game show host, and he has three okay. and he has three contestants. The contestants are Chris Farley, Alec Baldwin, and Janine Garofalo. Those are the three contestants. The entire skit, everyone speaks Japanese. That's so, so Mike weird. Mike Myers speaks Japanese. Janine, Alec Baldwin, Farley. No, Farley <laughs> is some guy from Wisconsin who they who just was on vacation and was and they were like, oh yeah, you should go to a game show. And all of a sudden he's on the game show. It is hilarious. I gotta it see is, that. It is so funny. Like when the when Alec Baldwin gets an answer wrong, he picks up a knife and shoots somebody. Of, no, he picks up a, <laughs> too soon. He picks a knife up off of this like cloth and just cuts his finger off. And Farley's like, oh, for the love of God. <laughs> the very end of it, they hook up uh, car battery electrodes to his genitals. Oh my God. And then hang them while they're, uh, while his wrists, while they're asking him questions. Would you be on a show like that? No. Yeah. No interest in that, sir. So I guess they're doing a real reality show of Squid Games now. Really? And apparently there's producers there saying that they're being sued by the people who are in the show for being tortured. Oh, yeah. I like so like kind of similar. Yeah, that's great. Maybe a behind the scenes thing where it's like real torture. By the way, did you hear that there was, I couldn't believe this, the guys who did everything everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. you know that movie? Yeah. So during the shooting of Dumb and Dumber, they shot it at the same place where the, the shining is based on. So weird stuff was happening. Doors were opening and, you know, like trained people are getting hurt and stuff like that on Dumb and Dumber. They were hired to write a script about, the behind the scenes of Dumb and Dumber where there was, there was an actual haunting and it would turn into a horror movie. Oh, that's... And it got canceled. Yeah. That does, Isn't that I, weird? I actually even got lost in your story. I know. Like, where are you even taking this? I'm, I hit the ending. Unbelievable. Max, this movie... Already was, then. This movie was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Yep. And written by Stephen King, like I said. Do you know who Paul Michael Glazer is? Yes, we're going to talk about it <laughs> Can we talk about it now? Uh, give me one second. Okay. <laughs> um, the screenplay, the adaptation was done by Stephen E. DeSouza. Important dude. You want to talk about Paul? Go ahead and talk about Paul. Okay, Paul is Dave Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. He is. He's got the same hair still. He had no directing experience for movies. He had done a few TV episodes. Miami Vice. And Schwarzenegger had an initial issue with this, and he didn't flat out throw him under the bus as to why Mm. this movie wasn't great, but he felt like... James Cameron, who he just worked with on The Terminator, the original, had done a little bit more research and tried to make it a little bit more realistic, whereas Paul was making it like a Miami Vice episode. I think it's fun that way, though. I think it's actually really well directed. You know, it feels kind of RoboCop but like RoboCop is being taken seriously rather Dead than. Dead or alive. Doesn't it feel like in the RoboCop world? A little bit. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. And uh, Paul Michael Glazer actually did a couple movies I really liked. So he did. Uh... Wait, no, he didn't do this. Okay, no. No, uh. sir. No, sir. He did not. <laughs> Wait, so he did Kazam. Great. Thank which you. is awesome. And also the Arab there, which is Kevin Bacon is a basketball coach. Know, and it goes to Africa. You're done. You zoned out. It's really good. Days. Prior to Paul, Michael Glazer taking the job as the director, a number of other directors were hired and fired and or pleaded with to take the job. So Rob Cohen, who is one of the producers, he had hired four other directors in an attempt to make this movie. The first one was George Cosmatos. Take him cash. Yep. Um, he had impressed Cohen with his work on Rambo First Blood Part 2 as well. Uh, but Cosmodos had this idea of shooting it in like a mall, which was weird. I don't know why he would do the whole thing He was pretty mall. burnt out by the end of the 80s too. I agree. Uh, the German director, Carl Schenkel. <laughs> Who the heck is that? <laughs> Schenkel is Einhorn. Yeah, Einhorn yeah. is Schenkel. Who knows? Um, he did Out of Order, 1984. But Schenkel turned it down because he didn't feel he was all that comfortable with such a large project. Then Cohn hired Ferdinand Fairfax. Do you know who that is? No. Savage Islands, 1983. Fairfax began to take the screenplay in a totally different direction direction that Cohen didn't like. Is that the John Hughes fired him as well? I have no clue, but fired him. Uh, He then went to Andrew Davis. Davis had done Code of Silence. I know you know that movie, 1985. Yes, I do. He actually got moving and was in production eight days into the shoot. 
He was eight million over budget. Oh my god! And they're like, see ya. What were they doing? Yeah, and that's what he got. Glazer off Miami Vice. Yeah. So those are your those are your directors that he pulled. I told you about the screenwriter who did this movie. Forty eight hours. Commando. Jumping Jack Flash. Have you seen Jumping Jack Flash? Okay, Whoopi Goldberg's my it's, favorite. Whoopi Goldberg. It's really good. Jumping Jack Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard one and two. The Flintstones. Street Fighter and Judge Dredd. The Flintstones. You, you know what's so cool about that. Street Fighter? You Tell know me. the guy from the Adams Family who plays uh, Bison. Yes. Do you know he, he passed away. Yeah, so this was his last movie. Oh, okay. And he, he was great in that. He's so, the only person who was great so, in that. I mean, and Kylie Minogue. He did it because his kids love Street Fighter. Oh, that's cute. That was his, like, goodbye gift. That's cute. Yeah. He had a, well, he had a heart attack. He died young. No, he had stomach cancer or bowel oh, cancer. poor dude. Yeah. He was really good. It's like Raul or something. Oh, by the way, if you ever see The Kiss of the Spider Woman, he's really good in that, too. Well, thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. So, Stephen E. DeSouza, also, I'm debunking something that I've heard a million times, and I can't believe it took me this long to debunk it. So, I had always been under the impression that a script for Commando 2 had been written. You know how Schwarzenegger is very apprehensive about doing sequels? Like yeah. He really, outside, of, outside of Conan and like the Terminator, he's not, never did a, he wouldn't be in the Predator sequel. He didn't, uh, they're talking about a twin sequel. I don't know if he'll ever do it, but he was very apprehensive about them. So when they wrote the Commando 2 script, I had always heard that that is what became Die Hard. Oh. So recently, I said recently, in the last 10 years, he was interviewed and they asked him point blank uh, because he wrote the script for Commando. And they said, you know, is this true? And he's like, no, I have no idea where this came. Total yeah. urban legend. Die Hard's based on a book. Speaking of Commando, by the way, I have a question for you. In the movie, The Running Man, the opening scene in the prison, not the opening scene in the movie, uh, Arnie... Ben Richards is carrying a giant steel girder on his shoulder with his bicep wrapped around it. Yeah. What is your favorite Arnold carrying a big inanimate object? The steel girder in The Running Man or the tree he cut down in Commando? Can I say the Gatling gun in Terminator 2? He's not carrying it over his shoulder. Okay. That's really cool. Which though. I kind of specifically Well, it's, command- it's Commando because- I specifically said, and then you went to a different movie. I wanted to show him the dearth of my knowledge. <laughs> dearth. <laughs> It rhymes with girth. It does. <laughs> Go ahead. Which one? What's your favorite? Commando. Commando. He's wearing the white tank top. Alyssa Milano's spraying ice cream on his face. Best, best dad ever. <laughs> it's funny because both the same guy wrote it. So it's like this must like side note in the well, screenplay. He's like, Arnold is like, you want to show off his muscles. Bro. Arnold only wants three things in every movie. A shameless plug for World's Gym. Yeah. Show off his biceps. Cigars. And smoke cigars. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, you're like, so I want to say it fast. Cigars. <laughs> well, no, I knew it. It's like, I, I knew it. I got it. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Arnold's, do you think he's in on the joke of this movie? He's like, this movie's supposed to be fun. I don't know. Or he just, he seems pretty serious to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, not no, me. No, not me. <laughs> not exactly. You can't do his voice for Jesus Christ, too. Cheese and rice. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Oh, it's <laughs> well, like really good. Don't you do two voices of the same guy for one of the impression. I, I can't I remember what you're talking about, Max. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Swayze and who else was up for this? Uh, why am I forgetting? There's three guys that were up for the role and that didn't want it. One of them was Patrick Swayze. Do you know what the other two were? Um, no. You don't. We'll come back to it. I don't remember what it was. Paula Abdul. Is there, any, is there anything she didn't choreograph in the 80s? Because she did the dancing in Coming, uh, to, Coming America. to America. She did the dancing in Can't The Running me. Man. Can't and she buy did me the love. dancing in Can't Buy Me Love. She's great. She's fantastic. I mean, she started at Laker Girls, basically. She did. Yeah. She's the best. She's crazy now. She's no Jennifer Lopez, though. Uh, I'll take 80s Paula Abdul over 90s Jennifer Lopez. I'll take Jennifer Lopez. She was my first crush. But I only like her as, oh, what are they called? On In Living Color. They had a name oh, for the. Dancer girls, God, I know what you're talking we're about. The power, go- we're girls. Go- the power girls, not the power girls. It's the craziest thing. The ever. Powderpuff girls. 
What are the <laughs> dancing? Sugar, spice, and everything nice. The Fly Girls. Oh, yeah. Po- Power Girls, <laughs> unite, transform. Similar. By the way, did you see Ben Affleck at the Grammys? Yeah. When he was getting <laughs> lectured. And I, he, he was, was so every, unhappy. He was every husband ever. <laughs> at an event, having his wife, Tom, sit up straight. It's great. So I've never to been to an event. So. No, well, nor would you ever. Yeah. Nobody would invite you. You're an absolute liability. <laughs> <laughs> I was great at your wedding. You were Max. You were you stole the show at my wedding yeah. because everybody was expecting you to be the problem, yep. and you weren't the problem. I'm your the date problem. was the problem, <laughs> but you weren't the problem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you you nixed four of my other dates because they needed to be nixed. Yeah, for a host of reasons. Yep. Oh <laughs> uh, man, good old times. Harold um, Faltermeyer did le- the music. He did. Uh, for those that don't know who Harold Faltermeyer is, Max, <laughs> shut your mouth. You're going to ruin the song because you're tone deaf. Let me just do it. Okay? okay? Just shut your mouth. Fine. Axel F is yeah. the name of that song. Uh, Harold Faltermeyer has done the music for... Beverly Hills Cop, Cop, one and two. One and two. What Fletch, else? Tango and yep, Cash. A lot. Top Gun. Yep. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Pretty good list of movies right there. So he did the music for this as well. You know, we're talking about all these facts. I'll get to the one that is my favorite. And really, I've got a lot of stuff on the characters because that's where we get, we're going to get deep today. Yep. This is probably my favorite fact. Okay. My all time, oh, I don't want to say all time. One of my all time favorite shows that I would watch religiously on the weekend as an 80s and 90s kid was the show American Gladiator. It was so awesome. Wait, is this based on, is that based on this? American Gladiators is 100% based on The Running Man. No way. They, this movie came out. And they said, we're going to make a show called American Gladiators based on The Running Man. That's so cool. It's wild. My middle school gym teacher was an American Gladiator. You're a liar. Sky. Shut up. Miss Chemelinski. Can we get her on the show? I'll see if she's alive. She probably did a lot of steroids. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you, did I ever tell she you, looked like mid-80s Sylvester Stallone. I watched uh, I watched some, I don't even know, some like interview with all these people. Apparently, it was just a free-for-all. It was like the Olympics, like condoms everywhere. Not even condoms everywhere. It was just wild. All the contestants, all the gladiators. Well, 80s steroids were different. Everyone yeah, just, you know what I mean? just hit different. <laughs> well, no one cared. Nobody did care. Well, notice like how people look in the 80s movies. Like, this is perfect. Like, in this movie, everyone's kind of puffier and beefier. Right. You know what I mean? It's except, like no one, except Dynamo. No one looks healthy. <laughs> Dynamo doesn't look healthy. You know, Dynamo, I mean, in other movies, he actually looks more muscular. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I know, there I know. You go. So this movie also inspired the hit arcade game, Smash TV, which I totally remember playing. There was another game that was like a computer-based game. Um, Richard Dawson, who was the host of Family Feud, his original roots, I mean, he's in other stuff too. But Hogan's like, Heroes. The Love Boat. Yeah. And there's actually a little tip of the hat in the movie. If you look inside of the uh, production room when they're all talking, in the background, there's a poster that says The Hate Boat. Oh. So that's a cute little tip that's of the fun. hat. Wasn't he really, like, inappropriate on uh, Family Feud? I think he was just, he would kiss the, like, contestants, but yeah. I don't think he was, like, I mean, when he did this movie, he refused to swear. He's like, he's like, I don't want to say does so, he not Does he not swear in it? I, I don't know. If, no, he doesn't swear in this. He also, it's funny, even though him and Ben Richards in the movie hate each other, him and Schwarzenegger were, like, BFFs until he passed away. What do you think they did together? No clue. Smoke cigars. That would no, be my biggest guess. Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that bonded them. Because, <laughs> like, think about it. Like, what, what would they do? Stop together? talking. Please stop talking right now. Hey, Michael. Oh, God Almighty. That <laughs> no, you're being ignorant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Um, so in this movie, there's a scene where Ben Richards says to Killian, to hell with you. That's a throwback to when he's praying to Crom and oh, says, yeah. to hell with you. And he's got the I'll be back. 
He does. Uh, he goes, I promised I'll be back or yeah. something like that. There's no, he goes, I'll he be back. He does ba- both. He yeah. does it both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max, facts-wise, yeah. anything else? I thought or? it was really cool. Like, you know how the government controls all the media, so they're showing, like, different clips to people to make them believe that Ben Richards is evil? Yes. So they show him unloading the machine gun. It's actually a clip from King Kong. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty So fancy. it's like, it's kind of a wink, like, hey, you know, we're in on it, too. I like yeah. that. A little Training Day. King Kong. Yeah. No, is that from Training Day? He, it is. He improvised that line, too. Great. Isn't that cool? Great I love Denzel. I should do a Training Day with you. All right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you get wet, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, Adidas sponsored the uh, Running Man uh, outfits. They look cool. They're super cool. We Uh, should wear them. I will not be able to fit them. Not very flattering. Grease me up pretty much to get into there. I'll grease you up regardless. Dolph Lundgren, Christopher Reeves. Oh, those are cool. And and Patrick Swayze. That was the other one. Dolph Lundgren would have been good. I don't know. Christopher Reeves could have pulled it off. I just see him as Superman. I know that's weird. I like this could have been like a dirtier role for him. I like it. What else do you know him from besides Superman? Do you know mm, anything? No. I mean, either. But that's because of our age. I feel like there was a generation before us that would have known quite a bit of him. It doesn't seem like when I dig into 80s movies, there's not like, oh, this is a good movie with Christopher Reeves in it. You know? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. 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 Are we ready to, you know, before we jump into talking about characters, do you want to take a quick break for some words from our sponsors? Absolutely. Oh, beautiful. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Doby Real Estate. You can find them at We Are Doby. If you are looking for a house, Doby Real Estate is the place for you to look. I know in the future, in the dystopian future of America, it seems like everybody either has a apartment or a condo. Well, we're in a city, so I mean, like you want to get the nice place that they're the TV guys are staying at. Absolutely. So finding that special place where you won't be murdered by stalkers and uh, very important, you won't be in the danger zone, yeah. if you will. Well, I want to be in the danger zone. Danger no. zone. Yeah, danger zone. <laughs> Doby Real Estate is the place you want to go to. 400 million in sales in 2021. 1,000 homes sold. They are the best realtors out there. Reach out to Simon and his team of ninjas today. Let them know that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to love the home buying or home selling experience. Not like, love. All right, Max, now we're going to get into the thick of it because I've got I've got some wild stuff. This cast is great. Whoever was the casting director, like A+. Plus. This has got a feel to it like when you watch a movie and you're like oh my god I know every person in this movie because every person in this movie was doing something that you and I enjoyed now this might only be relevant to you and I no I think it's pretty like pop culture important for 80s yeah. people alright well I got so Ben Richards is obviously Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger who the biggest done, star of the 80s he had done Conan the Barbarian Conan the Destroyer the Terminator Red Sonja Commando Raw Deal and Predator prior to this coming out that's a murderer's, murderer's row yeah. yeah that's absolutely incredible so it's two boys Laughlin and Weiss who he escaped prison with yep they decided to go and help the resistance. Les resistance. Yeah, one of them looks like uh, Bill Duke's brother. He's got that like Lawson. sad, sad beagle face. Yep, he's big too. He's bigger than Arnold. Like he's like a couple inches taller and a little bit more poundage. Laughlin was played by Yafet Koto. Do you know who he is? Isn't he in Parker he- in Alien? Oh yeah. He also is Doc in Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. That's awesome. Yeah, but I- he's a, he's in Midnight Run too. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. He's great. I think him and Bill Duke should have like a brother. Like from act. another mother type thing going on? No, like, uh, what's it called? Okay, well, we're going to get back One to One of those that. brother cop shows. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> what is a, what brother cop shows are you talking about? I'm thinking Rick and Morty. They're, they're two brothers. They're just, they're just two brothers. <laughs> Too soon. Let's not talk about Rick and Morty. It's come back. The other guy, Weiss, is played by Marvin McIntyre. 
or McTire, McIntyre, McIntyre, McNuggets, Marvin McNuggets. <laughs> um, he, you will die when you hear what he was in. He was Duke in Short Circuit. Oh, yeah. He also was the cellmate in Project X. And more importantly, this is the one that I loved in Twins. Because again, Twins is a movie where you see a ton of these actors I'm going to go over show up in Twins and other movies. I wonder what Arnold the connection is. Probably casting agent and being friends with Schwarzenegger. But in, tw- oh, yeah. in, uh, in Twins, when Danny DeVito is trying to connect with Beetroot to sell that engine that he finds, Beetroot has that kind of thug protector with him that pulls the gun. And that's this guy. He also, and I'm sure this is the one you did know, he's the mortician in Back to the Future 3. I did know that one. Yeah, yeah. so he's the one measuring him for uh, yeah. McFly for his uh, coffin. He's got a good nerd face. He does have a good nerd face. Maria Conchita Alonso plays Amber Mendez. Underrated. Yeah, I, her career is a little bit odd because you would have thought she would have been bigger than this. Like, Yeah, I feel like Sama Hayek Marta corrected her. Marta corrected her. I'll, I'll say it again. No, no, no. Mark, you know, when you mess up, we just your mess break. ups are so different. I know they're real, like you really get verbal diarrhea, and then I don't know what the heck you're saying. Well, there's synapses in my brain. That I just, guess, man. I guess you got a call. Nope, okay, I do, but I'm not gonna answer it. Who is it? Nobody, it's your kids. No, do they call you. <laughs> my kids don't call. Do, you, me. do they FaceTime you? Can we get back to the show? Do they have cell phones? Market correct. You were saying they were market corrected. Yeah, some Hayek and Jennifer Lopez. Well, there you go. Yeah, you get upset when I talk about your personal life. I don't care if you talk about my personal life. They look don't at look, I don't I, care. I don't care <laughs> what you do. God. But she was in Predator 2, like you said. Oh, that's right. So actually, Max, there are four characters that are in the Running Man that make appearances in the Predator box set. That's cool. You've got, you named one. Um, Maria Conchita Alonso is in Predator Jesse 2. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, Arnold, and who am I missing in the first one? The Sven. Yeah, yeah, Sven. the security guy. We'll talk about Sven. Oh, I got a lot to say Sven's about Sven. Sven's cool, cool. Sven's a good, Sven but, is, uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. But first of all, she was also in uh, Vampire's Kiss. Have you seen that yet? I have not. It's really weird. It's like American Psycho wouldn't have existed without it. It's probably the worst and best uh, Nick Cage performance ever. Okay. And she's also in Moscow on the Hudson, which is that really, I have seen. I it's like very that cute. Robin Williams. And she's yeah, Lucia. Yeah. I do like that. Lucia. Yeah, she's Italian. Uh, did you see, I should have sent it to you. Um, who's the guy that plays the Mandalorian? Well, I can't think of his name. Pedro oh, Pascal. Yeah, so. The Mario. Oh the, my God, the, Max. The Mario Kart. The Mario Kart thing. Me. Is the, uh, and Mario. It's a me, Luigi. Did, did you see the Buffalo Wings thing too? Yes, that was weird. Yeah. Well, the Mario Kart <laughs> thing was way better. It was incredible. Oh, that's good. All right. So, Why can't you stop eating those mushrooms? I'm addicted. Uh, do we, they make they me feel big. <laughs> I would watch that. It's real. I would too. Yeah, it looks better than the. Well, I hope the one that's coming out is good. Well, it's just Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt talking like Chris Pratt, who's Arnold's son-in-law. It's me, Mario. It's he's Chris Pratt. He's Arnold's son-in-law. I know. Yeah, everybody knows that. Come it's on. weird. Everybody watches TMZ. You're not special. You watch TMZ? No. Oh, not at all. Uh, all right, Max. So do you want to talk about the stalkers? Yeah. All right. So why so, don't we go in the order in which the stalkers appear? What would so, be your stalker power if you were a stalker? I don't have one. What? I don't know. I wouldn't be a stalker. Mine would be hunting. Like I have dogs. Yeah, no, you'd be really good at that. How about your stalker power would be... Um, <laughs> they called me dog man. Do you remember in Solar Opposites when the guy gets all anxious and those little anxious sweat beads fall off of yeah. him? That would be your like, stalker power. I'm going to anxiety you. Or I could be like that vampire that is the emotional vampire. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. In, uh, what we do in the shadows? Yeah. You seen that? I know what you do in the shadows. No, you don't. Yeah, you Shadow dancing. Do. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Who do you want to talk about? Fireball kind of sucks. Fire, well, who, who is the... F- no, it's doing the order of appearance. Well, I just got done saying order of appearance. Who's so, the first stalker? Sub-Zero. Sub, now just plain zero. <laughs> so Sub-Zero. Do you think whoever wrote that line was like, I'm set for first, life? First of all, with all due respect, if you're going to talk about Sub-Zero, 
let's make sure that we refer to him by his professional name. Professor. Professor Sub-Zero. <laughs> they called him Professor Sub-Zero in the movie. For those that don't remember, Sub-Zero is the giant Samoan Asian man who ice skates. He's only 5'11". He's big. Yeah, he's, he looks big. He's got some cake. He does have some cake. <laughs> he referred to him as Professor Sub-Zero because in real life he is Professor Toru Tanaka. Yeah, PhD in cardiology. Not in the slightest. <laughs> nope. No, sir. But his wrestling name was The Professor, <laughs> yeah. so that's how he got it. Let me tell you what else he was in, because I'm, some of these I don't think you'll know or remember. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Do you remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. Do you remember Francis, the obnoxious guy who stole Pee-wee's bike? Yeah. Do you remember his butler? No way. that is Professor Tanaka. That's awesome. So that's one. Uh, he was the sumo guard in Volunteers. <laughs> cool. Remember Last Action Hero when Arnold and the boy are going to the bad guy's house? Uh, Tyrion. Yeah. Dad. And, eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball dude. And Arnold knocks on the door and someone comes out and says, may I help you? And he says, yes, I'd like to speak to the drug dealer of the house. The butler is Professor Tanaka. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, there you go. Tanaku Tanaka. Was he a professor in wrestling? Like, did he come out with books and hit you or yes, something? Yes, that's not at all what happened, but thank you well, for that. Well, the professor. Max, because he was a professor. I don't, <laughs> I have no idea why some 80s giant sumo called himself a professor. Are we ready to move on to our next stalker, <laughs> sure. Max? So, did you... I thought it was weird that he was, could he, could he skate in real life? Like, why did Nope, we're not going down that path. Okay. That's a classic Max rabbit hole that I have no interest in. <laughs> Who's the next stalker that showed up? So they come together. It's Dynamo and Buzz. Dynamo! <laughs> the worst stalker of them all, right? We do Dynamo yeah. first. The light bright. There's a lot of questions I have. First of all. He's morbidly obese. Not just that, but he has a hankering for sexual assault. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why in the midst of a revolution <laughs> taking place inside of ICS's building, he thinks that he's got time to take his <laughs> pants off and try to assault uh, Amber Mendez. He's wearing tidy whities Yeah. Not, Bad a, legs, not a good dude. look for him. <laughs> he at tumbles all. over. So uh, Dynamo is played by Erlen Van Litt. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Come with me, Max, on sorry. this journey. I was like, I follow me. Sorry. So you know what he's in. He's in uh, Stir, Stir Crazy. crazy. He's yeah. Ghostburger. He's the, the beautiful, soft voice and singing. Uh, he also was a classically trained um, opera singer. Opera singer. Yeah. So when he, when you hear the singing in this movie, it's actually him, which I think is wild. And he went to MIT, and he was on the 1976 Olympic wrestling team as an alternate, which I find interesting. Sorry, give me one second. It is. And also, sadly, he passed away two months before the release of this movie, so this was the last movie he was oh, in. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, like I said, he was a classically trained uh, Heldon baritone opera singer. So mm. there, now you know what Heldon means. Still uh, don't. He is singing uh, Aria from The Marriage of Figaro. Figaro! Interesting. Figaro! Figaro, the, Figaro, Figaro! Is that what the Riddler's singing in Batman? Well, that's the Ave Maria. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, not Figaro. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. It's all the same. Yo. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were doing sound check and was like, yell. And I I told, you're not even doing justice to it. We were trying to get levels. I'm like, Max, I need you to yell. And he goes, ah. Uh, I, uh, I don't get angry about stuff. <laughs> I don't yell. That's my secret. I'm always, always angry. angry. Yeah. Moron. Cars over there. Unbelievable. All right. Let's move over to Buzzsaw. So Buzzsaw is played by Gus Rethwish. He should have had a bigger career, I feel like. His last name should have been Deathwish instead of Rethwish. He had some charisma. He was in Twins. Yeah, he's one of the Clane brothers, right? Yeah, but let me tell you something. Why? He's not one of the Clane brothers. Okay. Damn it, Max. In Twins, do you remember how the Clane brothers got shot in the leg by the guy who was originally supposed to sell the thing to Beetroot? Yep. Then they go to that bar later in the movie, and that's where you meet the Clane cousins. The Clane cousins are played by Buzzsaw 
and Sven. Oh, they're both cool. in it. We haven't got to Sven yet. I know. We'll yeah, get there. Yeah. But that's wild. I really liked like him picking up the motorcycle. Him pushing. Your, the... Is he your favorite? Stalker? I think so. Yeah. He's got some attitude to he him. He does. He does. And he looks like Hulk Hogan. He's all big and you know, uh, he's big and, and red and tough. Yeah. And he took a took a chainsaw to the groin. That's, <laughs> that's I wish rough. that on no one. Yeah. That's brutal. Although I thought it was a bad uh, aesthetic look that he had two chainsaws just hanging from his thighs. Yeah. Seemed weird. It did seem weird. Yeah. Uh, who's the next stalker that we see? It is Fireball, the wet fart of this movie. Yeah, and Jim Brown's great. He's a good actor. Very underutilized in this movie. I don't know what they were thinking with his hair. Jim Brown, Cleveland Brown's running back. Yeah. At the time that this was shot, held the record for most rushing yards? Yep. Okay. That's Barry Sanders was the guy who broke it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Barry Sanders. No, no, Walter Payton. Eventually, but not yet. I don't know the order. But uh, no, no. yeah, because Barry was single season. No, no, Walter Payton had 15,000 yards rushing. Lifetime. Barry Sanders had single season. He broke the single season rushing record. I thought Jim Brown had it before him. But yeah, yeah, but this is 87, so yeah, he still I has everything. You. I got you, dog. I Don't worry. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, who popped up after uh, Fireball? Uh, I mean, then we have... Uh, Captain Freedom. Freedom! Jesse Ventura. Is, this is his best role, right? He's really funny in this. Like his workout video. Oh my God. When he's upside down is like my favorite part of this entire movie. I love when he's telling like war stories back in the day when I was a stalker yeah. and then uh, Killian's like, all right, we're getting signals that uh, you Richards is back over there. You can tell that's like how he is in real life with like his Navy SEAL stories. People so, are like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're good. Well, good. it's interesting, right? So McTiernan, yep. uh, our guy from Predator, when they shot Predator, they very specifically never did close ups of uh, Jesse Ventura and Schwarzenegger next to each other because they didn't want to take the stature of Arnie and shrink it because Jesse Ventura is significantly bigger than three Arnie. inches and about about 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So in this movie, when you see the two of them fighting, but it's not really them fighting, but it is them fighting because the face transplant, I'm going to take your face off. <laughs> face. The first face off. Oh. So when that took place, you really can tell how big Jesse Ventura is because Schwarzenegger looks tiny. Yeah. When wrestling he like grabs his hand. He's like, oh my God, he's yeah. so much bigger. Yeah, it's much bigger. Yeah. Uh, okay. So after him, is that the last stalker? I believe so. Yeah. I believe I can. Do we want to talk? I'm going to go to Sven because yeah. we'll go to other characters. Well, we should write a show called Stalkers, just their daily life. Yeah. It'd be great. A yeah. Prequel. The prequel to the. I just want to see like what their lives were like. It's probably horrifying and scary. I, I think they had fun. I don't know. They didn't seem very happy, except Dynamo. Who, it seemed, Dynamo yeah. was obviously a registered sex offender. No, so. it seemed like they were like drug cartel, like <laughs> like they could do whatever they want. I'm going to start using that more. Okay. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Figo, figo. <laughs> what about uh, Mick Fleetwood? Yeah, well, let's talk about the resist les Resistance. Yeah. So the two leaders of the Resistance, I don't know if they're the two leaders, but two of the members. You've got Mick. Mick's definitely a leader. And you've got Stevie. Yep. So Mick is played by Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood and Mac. It is... Fear is <laughs> it's theory. Fleetwood Mac, not Fleetwood and Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood and Mac. Tango and Cash. It's Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. You're right. Damn it. <laughs> I won't take that out. I'll let the people see I'm human. The and Beatles. <laughs> What's that new band? The, the, the Iron Monkeys. The Rolling and Stones. The, the, the Rolling and Stones. <laughs> We're the Rolling and Stones. We're rolling around. Figaro. There it is. I hate you so much. So Mick from Fleetwood Mac. There it is. He plays this. Uh, plays Mick. He plays this guy. So it's theorized that he's actually playing himself. There's a scene when he's talking about, ah, you were the man who killed my friends and and destroyed my music, music or yeah. burnt my Bur music. Burnt my CDs. Yeah. So it's it's in theory it's him. That that scene where he says, uh, Mr. Spock, you have the Kong. He actually put that in there because he loves Star Trek. Oh, he's that's like cool. a Star Trek nerd. His assistant Stevie. Named after Stevie Nicks in the movie, 
they don't say this, but it's just a little tip of the hat to Stevie Nicks, is played by Dweezil Zappa. <laughs> Dweezil? Frank Zappa's kid. He's named his kid Dweezil? I mean, when you're famous, you can get away. When you're part of the Rolling Ann Stones, yeah, you can so. do whatever you want. Um, all right. Kurt Fuller plays Tony. Kurt Fuller is the guy in this movie. Tony, I should say, is the guy in this movie. He's like the production assistant who's trying to get everything moving and rolling. He's like the suck up that's like yeah, He's got the Bill Murray hair. So yeah. funny you should mention Bill Murray. The thing about him that is incredible is he always plays the same dude. So in Red Heat, he was a detective. Ignore that for a second. Okay. He was Brell in No Holds Barred. Yeah. So he TV was producer behind the, the screen. TV too. producer yeah. screens. Yeah. He was uh, Hardmeyer in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, again, he was basically your boy's replacement. Yeah. Uh, why can't they William Atherton. William Atherton. We he should was, have an episode. Best he was 80, the new Walter Peck. Yeah. Best 80s movie jerks. He's, he's one Paul of the great idea. Paul yeah. Gleason's up there, too. He was also Russell in Wayne's World. No way. And in Wayne's World, he basically was doing the, there was the same shtick. They were trying to get the signal change. Yeah. And like, he, he played that, too. So I thought that was kind of fun, if you will. Yeah. Little Italy doodly. Um, Can we get to Sven? No. I'm saving Sven for last. I think that's it. No. I got a couple for you. What? You ready? Yep. Edith Wiggins, come on down. Who do you want to be your next stalker? Oh, my husband and my little boy have their favorites, but I like my men big and cuddly. Sub-Zero. So you remember her, of course. Yeah, of course. You? Max, are you ready to have your mind blown? Who's that? On last week's show, remember how I uncovered that in Real Genius, the woman that was playing the the role at that president's dinner, whatever the hell it was. Max Mom, right? Is Max Mom from yeah. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, Max, Edith Wiggins is played by Lynn Marie Stewart, who is Charlie's mom. No way. So she's kind of talking about Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. That's her boy. That's really cool. I like my man cuddly. Yeah. Uh, I got one and more. my uncles with large hands. Dear God. I've got one more character for you. Okay. One of the women in this movie... Uh, when they're doing their kind of production meeting and she doesn't have a particularly large role, but her name, I don't even know what her name is. I think it, in IMDb, I think it literally just says like production, but her name is her, the actress's name is Lynn Shay. Do you know who Lynn Shay is? No idea. Lynn Shay, you would know her as Magda from something about Mary. Oh my God. You would know her as the landlord from Kingpin. And she also was a teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. We did a whole uh, clip on her. We did a whole clip on her. So she was in this movie as well. Cool. Look at her career. Look at her. She's look, at, look at us. Look yeah. at her. Look at us. She's got a Cloris Leachman vibe to her. Max, before we get to Sven, I have one more character. He's really inconsequential, but I just so think why this do is you really care? cool because you'll see why in a second. Okay. The name Billy Lucas should mean nothing to you. No. In this movie, when Ben Richards decides that he's not going to kill the innocent people, he is mobbed by the other gentlemen that are on the aircraft, yeah, him, on the dangerous. helicopter. One of them takes the butt of his gun and knocks him out cold, which, by the way, also happens in Commando as well. Just another similarity between the two scripts. The guy that knocks him out, his name, his actor's name is Billy Lucas. This is significant because Billy Lucas is Arnold Schwarzenegger's stuntman. Oh, that's cool. Let me tell you what he's been in. As his stuntman. He's also a good friend of Arnie's. Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Terminator 2, The Last Action Hero, True Lies, Jingle oh All God. the Way, Batman and Robin, End of Days, Collateral Damage, Terminator 3, The Last Stand, Sabotage, Terminator Genesis, Killing Gunther, and Terminator Darkface. Yeah. That's a pretty good shtick to have. Yeah. All right? All right. Well, you got to keep your body you in shape like Arnold. You don't even care. Well, I want to get to Sven. I know. We're getting to Sven right now. Billy Lucas. It sounds like uh, Billy Ray Valentine. Max Sven Ol Thorson. There it is. Met. 
Arnold when he was doing the Conan movies. The dude was a like Mr. Olympia weight dude, weight training dude. He was also a bla- like a master of karate. Yeah. Or ninjutsu or something. He, last, could, he, he was the last dragon. He could do a lot of different things. So when shooting Conan the Barbarian, they became very, very good friends. Lifting bros, probably. Yeah. So in Conan the Barbarian, he plays Thorgrim. So if you see when Conan's mom is killed right in the beginning. Beheaded. Yeah. And they take uh, Conan's father's sword and one guy hands it to another guy and hands it to James Earl Jones. Yep. The first guy to have the sword is him. You see him all throughout the movie. The thing I love about Sven is that he has the most prolific acting career in action films of any person I've ever met in my life. They they love him so much that they put him in movies where his character's already been killed as different characters because they think it's that inconsequential. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. It's a hell of a list. Okay. After Conan the Barbarian, he is in Conan the Destroyer as Togra. He is the ridiculous religious cult that's trying to get the, the princess, you know, and snatch her away from, uh, what's his face? Huh? Will, Will Chamberlain? Oh, Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about Conan the Destroyer. Okay, cool. You zoned out. That's okay. That's He's one of the guys. In, you're an idiot. You totally zoned out. That's fine. In Red Sonia, he's Lord Brytag's bodyguard. When Sonia goes into that like place where there's like a king or whatever, and she's like, if I kill you, will your men let me go free? By the way, I should note that I looked up every single one of these and watched the clips Impressive, to make sure that it happened. I do my best. When that takes place, he's in the background behind the Lord, like to protect him. So Sven's there as well. He is, here's where it gets fun. You ready? Raw deal. He is Petrovida's bodyguard. So at the end of the movie, when Arnold is is okay. ransacking the building, yeah, yeah, remember how Arnold pulls like a John McClane, sends the elevator down, but he's really in the HVAC shaft. Yep. When they all start shooting at the elevator, he is the first dude to shoot. He, that's our boy Sven. Cool. He is a mercenary in Lethal Weapon. No way. When they meet in the desert. And Murtaugh is trying to get his daughter back. With a grenade and all? Yeah. Yep. So Sven is sitting there with a big shotgun by the limo. Now, here's what I love. Even though he is killed in Lethal Weapon, he comes back in Lethal Weapon 3 as a different character. But we'll talk about that. Uh, in Predator, when they're going to get the cabinet ministers and he does the knife blade to his friend, says, to his friend. Stick around. Stick around. Then he goes, knock, knock. When he does the knock, knock and opens the door, Sven is going through some papers, takes 10 shots to the chest, blows to the wall. <laughs> He, Sven gets to finally play the role he was born to play as Sven in The Running Man. Yeah, the security with the guard. steroid stuff. He loves it. Uh, Max, you ready? Strap in for this one. This is going to be your favorite. Do you remember a little movie called Overboard? Yes. How was in Overboard? He was the bodyguard when they came to pick up from uh, the crazy ex-husband, and, and his name's Olaf. That's he is incredible. the Staten family bodyguard. Sven just shows up everywhere. I love it. He is Nikolai in Red Heat. By the way, the beginning of Red Heat is nothing short of like softcore porn. It's incredible. Everyone's naked. Yeah. They're in a steam room that has full weight sets and a jacuzzi with naked women in it. Yep. They're wearing like cheekless, buttless chaps. Yeah. They're like the aprons that cover their jumblies. And <laughs> Arnold goes up to this guy, sticks his hand out to like be, you know, uh, initiated. Yep. And the guy that takes the burning hot stone and sticks it in his hand, Sven. And then they jump through the window and fight in the snow. Godzilla. And he's there as well. I don't think it was Godzilla. I don't know where that came from. No, it's like a Godzilla fight. It's nothing like a Godzilla fight. They're big. I hate you so much. Naked. The Klain cousins and twins, I already mentioned, Sven and our friend Buzzar are both in that. He is in the hunt for Red October. As what? Do you remember? The ship? Do you remember when she, he's the tank? Do you remember when Sean Connery kills the political officer? 
Yes. And they come and take the body away. You can see him. He's carrying the body and he's like a lieutenant. He's like a higher up dude. You see him all throughout the movie. In uh, Lethal Weapon 3, I mentioned he comes back. Yep. He's a henchman at the very end when Rene Russo and Riggs and Murtaugh send their car unmanned, like driving by itself into where the construction site is. Right. You can see him there with one of the guns shooting at it. He's in The Last Action Hero. He is? So now, in theory, we have two stalkers that are in The Last Action Hero. <laughs> Professor Tanaka. And uh, Sven, <laughs> who's really a stalker, whatever. So I'm, I'm like fading. This is a lot to go over. So in the last action here, remember the funeral scene. So in the funeral scene, uh, the mob boss that died, if he farts, they'll blow up the whole top of the building. What a movie. So Arnold throws him over his shoulder. He's like, he's alive. He's alive. It's absurd. But then, then Sven gets an actual speaking role and says, hold it. Don't shoot. He'll drop Leo. <laughs> Real acting job. Big line. Uh, let's see. He is a Russian gunman in the movie Eraser. He's in Hard Target, too. I did not know that. Yeah, he's Stefan. He is the would-be king in The 13th Warrior, which is one of my favorite movies. I need to watch this. Dude, I love Antonio Bend. This might be my favorite Antonio Bend. Uh, have Bender. you seen the new Puss in Boots? No, I hear that's incredible. It is amazing. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, if you watch the scene when the old king has died and he goes onto his little boat and they set it on fire, he's right there playing his day. He is the thug in End of Days. So when Schwarzenegger's with the devil and the devil is replaying how his family was killed, the thug that busted into the house for that quick scene is our friend Sven. And finally, Max, the most important role that everybody knows him from, he's Tigris in Gladiator. The dude with the mask? The dude with the mask, the tear on it. Yeah. So after he's already, after uh, the Gladiator's already identified who he is, that next fight scene where there's like tigers tied up. Yeah. yeah, That's that's him. Do you know who he beat out for that role? Who? Lou Ferrigno. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Lou. Poor Lou. Always a loser to Always a loser to, to Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> and that, my friend, is our friend Sven Olthorsen, born in Copenhagen, Denmark, and a champion bodybuilder, karate black belt, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's best friend. And appeared in the most Arnold movies ever. Ever. 15 and counting. Except maybe the other dude. No, is, it, is, he's, in the, right, he's okay. in the records. All right, in the records. Max, with that, I think we've gone over every character worth going over, including our friend Sven. Do you have anything else you want to add to this chef's kiss of an episode of The Running Man? No, I'm exhausted just listening to you. I am too. The Sven thing took a lot out of me, which means it's a perfect time to stop for our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is from our friend Justin. Dude, I love when we get a hardcore fan of our show who's like 19 or 20. Yeah. It blows my mind that anybody that's that young, I even am shocked that as young as you are, which you're certainly not young, but for an eighties movie fan, you're young. I mean, I, I just, that's mind blowing. They're keeping the flame alive. Like we know what this is going to be forever. Yeah. Justin's great. Sometimes we have tags, you know, like their handles for Instagram and I'll say, go check it out. If you like the eighties, you got to check this guy out at how H O W underscore very eighties V E R Y eight zero S. How underscore very 80s. He is a teenager that dresses up and tries to live every day like it's the 80s. He's got the flock of seagulls hair. He's got glorious well, hair. Duran Duran flock of seagulls. Yeah. It's, I mean, he. And he's he, got like the jean acid wash jean he jackets. Helps, he helps run a Duran Duran fan club account. It's awesome. Uh, which is called union dot of underscore Duranis. D-U-R-A-N-I-E-S. Uh, Duranis apparently are Duran Duran fans. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, so. 
we reached out to Justin. I'm really curious to hear what he has to say because he does not come across to me at all. Like he is a hardcore sci-fi action film dude. He comes across like he is a John Hughes dude. Yep. I usually can peg him pretty good. So let's hear what he had to say about The Running Man. Hey, Mo and Max, it's Justin. So when it comes to films like this, I don't usually find myself gravitating towards them as much because I'm more of like a feel-good movie kind of guy. <laughs> and so I don't normally go for like the darker dystopian movies but i think where this one really sold me was it had like the action and like the darker aspects that you expect from that but it also kept it like light and fun like you had the characters going through this like life-threatening situation but then you also had all of like the neon and the mute like the background music and all of like the fashion from the 80s um, and like all the hair that some of the characters had. And so it wasn't as depressing as most movies that are set in a far off future with a corrupt society. And I think it did a really good job at balancing like the feel good aspects with a typical dystopian film, especially with some of the one liners that Arnold gave. Anyway, thank you guys for inviting me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing more episodes. Yeah, I mean, we tortured the poor guy. <laughs> we should have given him, like, can't, like, I, we could have given him some kind of wonderful. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it again. In fairness, I actually think it's kind of cool that we had him do it because there is something about this movie. You asked me off air, is it satirical? Yeah. It's almost parody. like a little parody, like, yeah, parody. It's, it's almost a little too silly, but I love it. I think that's what makes it good. So I think Justin was at least able to pull some enjoyment out of it because it's not your typical too hardcore. It's just a little bit absurd. Yeah. Right. And I like, I like that he like playing zero. Yeah. That he got out of it. He got something out of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. Just help the people. Justin, awesome job. And please again, check out Justin Instagram at how underscore very eighties. Max, that wraps the episode. A reminder to all of our friends and family and people out there, follow us on Instagram. Head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any podcast player. Follow us and subscribe. Leave a review. Five stars. You know the gig. And also swing on over to social media at Buzz in the Tower. Go to our website, buzzinthetower.com. Buy some officially licensed merchandise. We just sold a couple shirts just the other day. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's keeping Max rolling in that money mm. for all of his therapies and medications. Make sure we do that. Additionally, I want to point out, Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower, the place to be if you're a cool kid. Nickels a day. Big time. Max, anything you want to add before we round out this episode? For anyone that doesn't know, Mo cheated on college exams, had sexual relations with two, sometimes three men in a year, and then he met Mad Dog Ben Richards, his Confederate lover. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Apparently I'm Amber Mendez now, so that's great. So my end of this episode is a little bit of a surprise. So are you aware that there is an, an end credit Easter egg in this movie? No. If you watch the entire credits and you get all the way to the end of the credits, there's a voiceover that totally captures the essence of this film. Cool. Have you ever heard it? Let's do it. I'm going to play it, and that's how I'm going to end. Max, I'll see you next week. Bye. The Running Man has been brought to you by Breakaway Paramilitary Uniforms. Ortho Pure Procreation Pills, and Cadre Cola. It hits the spot. Promotional considerations paid for by Kelton Flamethrowers, Wainwright Electrical Launchers, and Hammond and Gates Chainsaws. Damon Gilligan's Wardrobe by Chez Antoine. 19th century craftsmanship for the 21st century man. Cadre Trooper and Studio Guard Sidearms provided by Colchester, the Pistol of Patriots. Remember, 
Tickets for the ICS Studio Tour are always available for Class A citizens in good standing. If you'd like to be a contestant on The Running Man, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to ICS Talent Hunt, care of your local affiliate, and then go out and do something really despicable. I'm Phil Hilton. Good night and take care. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.